So my, my name is James Barris and um, the devotional day, uh, three-day non-res is with uh, my co-teacher Alexa Redner, who's a, a really wonderful, um, wonderful bright light uh, that uh, we're both really excited about sharing the um, exploration in devotion. And tonight's tonight's talk will be somewhat um, a lead into that, so maybe it can give you a little teaser uh, for what we'll be doing. But we'll start out with a meditation period. So I invite you as I get my uh, my timer ready. Um, and we'll sit for about a half an hour. And then we'll have a bit of a uh, just a five minute break or so and then we'll come back for a talk and discussion conversation <clears throat> and and with a loving kindness and dedication so i invite you wherever you are to settle in and feel your body connected to the earth So you have something of a, a grounded connection. <clears throat> and let your posture be an expression both of upright alertness as well as relaxed ease. And let go of the day and everything from the past. Let go of tomorrow and everything in the future. And just arrive here in the present. Only place to be fully alive. And you might take a few deeper breaths and breathe in a sense of calm. And as you breathe out, a sense of ease as you let go. Just let go of anything that you don't need. And then let the breath find its own natural rhythm. Let the breath breathe you. It's been doing that your whole life. Just allow yourself to be breathed. And don't try to make anything happen. Simply know that you're alive and breathing. And this can be your home base 
or if you have another primary object like just the body sitting here or feeling your hands if the breath doesn't work for you just some place that you can come back to whenever you find that your mind has wandered and besides knowing that you're sitting and breathing let the mind be relaxed and open and spacious so that if anything else calls your attention that's the next thing to acknowledge and know whether it's sensations in the body or sounds or emotions that might arise or thoughts that grab your attention. Just whatever is here, allow it, be present for it without grasping on or pushing away. Just receive it with a kind presence. You can always come back to your primary object of the breath or the posture. And when you find that you've gotten lost in thought, No need to judge that. It's just what minds do. Don't take it personally. And appreciate that you've just come into the present moment once again. And let that return be done with kindness and patience and be here once again just knowing what's happening right now.
Notice what's happening right now. Open to it with a kind presence.
where are you now? If your mind has wandered off, bring it back quite gently, patiently, and be here once again.
In these last few minutes of the sitting, let the mind be relaxed and present, just interested in opening to this moment as it is.
Let yourself come out gently. <clears throat> and when the meditation ends, um, it's over. No report card. No gold star. No failing. It's just what it was. So... Just know that if you showed up with as good intention as as possible, um, that's all you need to do. So it is now it's seven fifty two. Uh, well, let's come back at the top of the hour at at eight o'clock, and we'll start with the talk. Okay. While you're on a, your own stretch uh, bio break or stretch break. Um, see if you can just be mindful in being with what you're doing, and I'll see you at uh, at eight. Okay, when you come back, um, if you would put on your camera, and I know that you're you're here, we can start to to be here. Oh, let's see. Great. Okay. Spend. <clears throat> All right, so um, get settled, and I want to share some thoughts, and uh, if we have some time, have a conversation. <clears throat> I want to talk tonight about the secret ingredients for practice. Sounds good? Ready for the magic recipe? <clears throat> Probably everybody 
online has come to tonight and have uh, has entered into a meditation practice because you've been motivated in some way. Something moved you. Otherwise, it's a pretty strange thing to do to to say, okay, just sit here, be still, notice your breath, or be with whatever your experience is. Don't try to make anything happen. Not many people would sign up for that unless they had some kind of a motivation, unless there was some reason to do it. And I invite first to uh, for you to get in touch with why you do this stuff. What motivated you? to start a meditation practice or to continue it and show up on a Monday evening. I think it's a very important thing to get in touch with why you're doing it. Not that there's any wrong answer. There's no wrong answer just for what you um, has touched you in a way that says, okay, even if it's just I'll give it a shot. I've I've heard it's pretty good. Saw some research where my friend has gotten into it and they seem a bit more mellow uh, or a bit more connected and I'll try it. But maybe it's more than that. Maybe you read a book and were really inspired. Maybe um, you heard a talk and that touched you. And for me, I can share uh, many years ago when I first heard about the practice. Well, it was when I first, um, I first was motivated. I, I read Be Here Now, a book by Ramdas uh, that kind of changed my life. And I went out to, San, to uh, Boulder, Colorado because um, Ramdas was giving uh, some a series of lectures in uh, 1974 at Naropa uh, Institute, now Naropa University, and I had a chance to to meet him, and I wanted to know about meditation. I had been doing transcendental meditation uh, because um, the Beatles were into transcendental meditation, if you want to know. And they were as much a part of my lineage as as the Buddha. And I figured if it was good enough for John Lennon, it would be it was good enough for me. So I did TM for a, a number of years. And then I saw Ramdas and I said, well, what kind of meditation should I be doing? And he said to go check this guy, Joseph Goldstein out. He was teaching a small section of this large lecture that uh, that Ramdas was was leading. And I heard Saturday on that first class, Essential Buddhism class. And after, after not too long, I heard what he was saying. And I came because I had a lot of inner turmoil. I wasn't really happy inside. I was very insecure and didn't like myself a whole lot. And 
Joseph was saying it was, it's possible to not be run by your neurotic thoughts. That's what I was getting. It's possible to not let your mind run you. And that had never crossed my mind as a possibility before, but there was something in the way he said it that I believed him. And I said, I'm going for it. So if you have been having a hard time and you're really motivated because you've heard there's something to this, um, that's that might be the, the best source of inspiration um, just to see wanting to get out of your, your own pain or struggles. So that first, that first motivation to get you here uh, when it's inspiring is called bright faith, whether it's somebody that you've heard or something that you've read. Um, and it really starts the whole experience and the whole journey in motion. So I think before I do anything else, just for the fun of it, if I can open up the chat and think back to when you started and what moved you. And I'd like you to put in the chat, we can just see what got you here. Was it a particular book or something that you heard? And just put it in the chat. I've opened up the chat right now. What got you here? Mm -mm. Mm. Relief from grief. My mother. Nuns in Vietnam. And let's hear some more. Change Your Mind Day in New York City. <clears throat> Learning to Feel My Feelings, a non-duality conference, Full Catastrophe Living, wonderful book by John Kabat-Zinn. <clears throat> i get this down here. Daily Stress, Friend Recommended, When Things Fall Apart, Pema Chodron. Whatever it was, you remember that feeling? You remember that feeling when you just said, I'm going for it? Mm. And some here's I see some really painful experiences. Loses my losing my mom to suicide. I'm so sorry. A path through pain to live with ease. My therapist. Often it's it's pain that does get us here. That's why the Buddha started out his teaching with the first noble truth. There's suffering in life. And he said that you can be motivated. Suffering shakes you out of your complacency to see where can I find meaning in life? So whatever it was, that got you here. I think I'll just for now, um, I'll close the, the chat box for for now. Um, and if you were, if you're like me, um, you might have had a lot of inspiration for a while and had perhaps had a long honeymoon period. 
honeymoon period is like you've fallen in love with the Dharma. And for me, I had a long honeymoon period. I did a lot of retreats and it was so compelling. And uh, I was discovering so much about the possibilities of, of training the mind and the heart. <clears throat> and that honeymoon period um, lasted quite, quite a number of years where I just was saying, you just have to be mindful. You just have to be mindful. In the early days, I, it was a little bit overzealous and people kind of kept their distance from me. But after a while, I kind of softened, softened and said, this stuff really works. And then, as sometimes can happen, as often can happen, uh, the honeymoon ends. And I had, <clears throat> as is not uncommon, a kind of plateau where it didn't seem like a whole lot was happening. And feeling like, mm, I've lost my juice or I got uh, discouraged. For me, I had some, some doubts about the teachings and um, I lost my joy, which actually eventually led to me writing about joy. So that wasn't such a bad thing. But for many people, there can be this plateau where it's not that faith that, and bright faith that you had early on. Anybody, those who have their camera on, anybody have hit a plateau at times in their practice? Yeah, it's, it's almost, uh, it's a natural thing that you're not going to sustain that, that aliveness and that motivation. So <clears throat> then what keeps you going? because we do need to somehow stay connected to some source of energy and inspiration. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. When I say these secret ingredients to practice that we, although the Buddha talked about dispassion, he also talked about passion for practice. He didn't put it just in those words, but he talked about how to motivate yourself or get in touch with what your temperament is that can, um, can help you to keep going when you're in that plateau. And this is a list that is not so well known it's a list of a whole long line of lists. There's one big list called the 37 requisites of enlightenment. You probably know there's plenty of lists in these teachings. Well, this is a list of lists. And most of these you probably know. There's the Eightfold Path. There's the Seven Factors of Enlightenment. That's 15 in this 37. There's the five spiritual faculties of faith and energy and mindfulness and concentration and wisdom. The five faculties become the five 
powers when they're ripened. So that's uh, 25, I think we're up to, yeah. Then there's the four foundations of mindfulness. That's 29. Then there's the four wise efforts. That's 33. And then the last in this list is called the four bases of success. In Pali, these are known as the four idipadas. And I think Monique is going to put that word into the, the chat box. The four idipadas. Mm -hmm. And you can see I-D-D-H-I-P-A-D-A-S. Idipadas. And you can probably uh, see there's a similarity between idi and the word city. S-I-D-D-H-I. Perhaps you're familiar with somebody having cities. Uh, they have um, pa um, certain powers. Uh, some yogis develop cities, whether it's telepathy or uh, going through um, uh, great endurance and pain or um, other things like that. Well, these are four idipadas, four powers or four bases of success that keep us um, keep us going, and that are that have to do with particular temperaments. That each of us has one or more of these temperaments, and I wanted to share these with you to see about in your own practice if you can get in touch with what motivates you and particularly focus on one that has to do with um, the heart connection to practice. So the first of these is called Chanda Idipada. And again, I think Monique can put that in the, uh, in the box, Chanda. And the word Chanda means zeal or enthusiasm. Some people are just naturally enthusiastic. That might not be you, don't worry, there's a few other possibilities here. But some people have a lot of energy or they kind of get enthusiastic about things. This was for me, um, one of my first doorways just a, a strong, wholehearted enthusiasm. Uh, I, I love sports. I love music. Uh, I love to celebrate. Uh, I feel things deeply. And fortunately, I became passionate about something that helped chill me out. But um, in fact, when I first started the meditation that first summer when I was around Joseph, uh, on I was very awed by by this really centered um, teacher who seemed to develop such equanimity and balance. And so I was intimidated by even saying anything to him. But 
it was about the fourth class in this 10th, 10 series of, uh, a cl- series of 10 classes. And, um, I happened to come that day wearing my New York Knicks t-shirt. I was a big basketball. I, I am a big basketball fan. Um, not the Knicks these days. Uh, and I, but I, I have to say, uh, my I'm going through a little bit of grieving now as my Golden State Warriors uh, just uh, got knocked out, but that's another story. But anyway, I was wearing my New York Knicks T-shirt, and I I had this awful thought that was um, it was so disturbing that I went up and I spoke to Joseph for the first time ever, and I said, "Excuse me, can I?" ask you something? And he said, yes. And I said, um, I'm a season ticket holder. I lived in New York at the time. I'm a season ticket holder to the New York Knicks. And it's the thing that I probably love most in the world. Am I going to go to Madison Square Garden and watch a game and just say, nice shot, Frazier. Good pass, Havlicek. Because I don't know if I'm ready to sign on for that, if if that's where this leads. And he gave me the perfect answer that has helped me for the last close to 50 years. It's helped me a lot in the last few days. He said, you probably, you'll probably feel just as passionate, but you'll get over a loss sooner. I said, okay, sign me up. I'm ready to go. And I've been going ever since. So anyway, I had this really passionate side and it was just so exciting to see how the mind worked. Fortunately, I got the message that I'm out of control in my mind. My mind has a mind of its own and uh, really took to heart Joseph's instructions that said thoughts come and go on their own and you don't have to blame yourself for the for the nasty ones or take credit for the beautiful ones I mean I got that concept it still took it's it took me a while to really more and more embody it but it made sense to me and then it became so exciting to understand how the mind works and to have a sense of wonder and to just love to discover the subtleties of the mind. I can remember going into a um, a practice discussion, a practice meeting with uh, with Joseph. This is like five years into my practice and I started to open up to different places that I that were new to me. And I said, I don't know what I've been doing these years, but this is, I feel like Alice in Wonderland, just opening up to a whole new, whole new way of seeing things. And he said, oh yeah, I know what that's like. I said, you do? He said, yeah. And then he leaned forward and he said, and you know what? It's like we're at the tip of the iceberg. And he said that with a sparkle in his eye, like not, oh, there's so much more you have to learn, but rather, oh, 
it's so exciting to see the subtleties of the mind and to open up and awaken. So that might be for you. If you get passionate about things, enthusiastic about things, that might be your doorway, Chanda Idipada. Then there's another kind of Idipada. <clears throat> this is called Virya Idipada. And again, we can put it in the, uh, in the chat box. Virya. And the word Virya means, um, it literally means uh, energy and effort. And it's the energy, sometimes people have a lot of energy for practice and they're undaunted and nothing is going to get in their way. Mm. Aditana is, is a, a word, another word. I don't, I, I don't think I, I mentioned it to, uh, to you, um, Monique, but Aditana, uh, it means uh, resolve or determination. Um, let's see, and I'll, I'll put it in here. Aditana. Um, and uh, that's one of the perfections where you, where you just are going to go ahead no matter what, nothing is going to get in your way and you're not going to be deterred through going through challenges and, and, and struggles. This is the Buddha um, who said, this is a, if I can find it. Hold on. Yeah. Let my, let my bones, wait, where did, I, where did I do it? I guess I put it up. Nothing will, will deter me. Whatever can be done through human exertion, I will do. Let my bones um, dry up, my blood, my sinews, whatever can be gained by human exertion, this I will do. Imagine coming into a sitting and saying, okay, whatever happens, I'm going to sit here until I become enlightened. Actually, that's what supposedly the Buddha said on the night of his, his enlightenment, that he was going to sit there until he either, either became enlightened or, or died. Fortunately for us, he became enlightened that evening and spent the next 45 years sharing what he learned. <clears throat> you might have that kind of a, of a willpower uh, that, uh, that is, is filled with heroic effort, as it's called. <clears throat> then there's another kind of idipada. <clears throat> And I'm going to put this in. I forget if I put it in the right order for you, um, Monique. But there's Vimamsa Idipada. 
and in the in the actual list this comes forth but i'm i'm saving the 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 third one for last and vimamsa is investigation where you see the um you see the situation and through investigation you realize how extraordinarily precious it is to be born a human and to have the opportunity to hear the dharma and practice it's extraordinarily rare according to buddhist philosophy and cosmology to have a human birth this is one of the four mind changers the preciousness of a human birth mm. my friend wes nisker wrote a book called buddha's nature looking at the dharma through science and he he has this fact that i love he says right now in your mouth there are more living organisms than have been humans since the beginning of time and here you are born a human it's exceedingly rare think of all the animals if you believe in incarnations uh and rebirths all the animals all the insects all the birds all the living beings on this planet not to say that the humans are the the most superior we're kind of messing things up in many ways but according to buddhist cosmology the human realm is an extremely fortunate realm to be born in better than of course than the hell realms even better than the god realms because in the hell realms you're just dealing with pain and suffering in the lower realms in the god realms you're sitting back and saying ah yeah it's really great and you're not motivated to want to see where liberation really is but the human realm has the perfect balance between joy and sorrow and so it's said that this is the best one to wake up to so when you investigate and see wow what an what a fortunate opportunity another aspect of mamsa is seeing impermanence and death really understanding we're not around for so long here what are we going to do as mary oliver says what are you going to do with your one wild and precious life are you going to spend your time just acquiring as much as you can or watching netflix i have my netflix favorite uh favorite movies and series so that's not a judgment but if that's all your life is that would be a kind of shame but to really see oh we're not here for so long what better thing to do with our life than to learn as much as we can and to wake up to our goodness inside another 
of these Vamamsa investigations is seeing the law of karma and understanding cause and effect and seeing what I do makes a difference to others and to myself. And so I want to live a life with as much integrity and thoughtfulness and care as I can. And the fourth in these in this Vamamsa Idipada uh, is seeing the defects or the shortcomings of samsara, as it's said, just that there's no lasting happiness and that we are all subject to old age, sickness, death, and loss, and there must be some kind of deeper meaning that we can find. So as you investigate, as you get clear on the situation here, you might be motivated to make good use of this time. So that's Vamamsa Idipada. So Chanda, enthusiasm, virya, uh, energy and effort, heroic effort. Vimamsa, investigation of this precious time that we have here. And then the, the fourth that I'm sharing, which is really the third in this list in the Buddhist teaching, is called Chitta Idipada. And again, Monique, if you could put that in, Chitta Idipada, the C is pronounced like a CH in Pali. And Chitta is a word that sometimes uh, is used for mind or heart. Sometimes it's heart, mind. In this particular um, way that it's used, there's a a feeling when you've been touched by the Dharma, when you've been somehow deeply moved beyond bright faith, bright faith can take you, can get you going. But when you've seen for yourself and touched perhaps a purity of heart or um, um, an opening to something beyond your small story. When you have what's called verified faith, where you see for yourself what these teachings are pointing to. You see how everything is passing, everything is changing, and you see how holding on to change, changing experience is a setup for suffering. Or you you see the selfless nature of reality, that you're not who you thought you were, and it can shift a perspective and open you up to seeing, oh my goodness, there's a whole lot more than I realized to life. And when you've touched that, you fall in love with the Dharma. And that's what this Chitta Idipada is. It's not something that happens usually early on. It's something that comes from a direct experience. And you're so moved that it's like you're a moth to a flame 
where you don't have any any choice in the matter, where the Dharma becomes central to your life. And it's more than just, oh, I'll fit my Dharma practice in. It's more, I'll fit my life into my practice. The practice holds my life. And this is, this is something um, quite wonderful when it happens. And uh, if, if this doesn't resonate with you, um, that's, that's okay. Just even to have the motivation that you do have, that's, that's enough. But if it does, if you've touched something that really moves you, then there's a quality of devotion to practice, a kind of passion for awakening. I remember Ramdas uh, speaking to a group of teachers a number of years ago. He said, is enlightenment just a hobby or is it something that really moves you? And whether the word enlightenment does it for you, you might think in terms of awakening or deepening your, your connection to life. This chitta idipada is really magical. One of my teachers named H.W.L. Uh, Punja, Punjaji or Papaji, he wasn't a uh, a Buddhist teacher per se. He was a, a a Dharma heir of Ramana Maharshi. And he talked about this in this way. He says, the desire for freedom is our most intense desire. All other desires are on the surface. They rise and fall, you see. But once you've tasted it, this desire for freedom is intense and you must respond to it. And when you respond, this desire will bring you back home. It will continue to trouble you if it is not fulfilled. This desire must be fulfilled whether you like it or not. <clears throat> this is from... Nyanapanika Tara, who was uh, a great translator of the um, of the Pali Canon, a Theravadan monk, who was um, the head of the Buddhist Publication Society, and he wrote about devotion. This theme that we're going to explore uh, at the end of this month for uh, for three days. He said it would be a mistake to conclude that the Buddha disparaged a reverential and devotion, devotional attitude of mind when it is the natural outflow of a true understanding and deep admiration of what is great and noble. Once you've touched the Dharma, you have a devotion to the truth a devotion to opening and coming to your realizing your full potential, a devotion to the sacred. <clears throat> and when you 
have that, then even the ebbs and the flows, even the the ways that uh, that practice can sometimes feel uh, like you've hit against a wall, or feel that you've um, uh, that you're not getting anywhere, or even sometimes feel like you've backslid. Oh, I thought I knew something, and now I'm now I'm just back to square one. What what Suzuki Roshi calls beginner's mind, he says, is a very good thing when you have a beginner's mind. That that devotion, that commitment to the truth and to align yourself with your deepest values and to realize that there's a Buddha right inside of you. That's what you're getting in touch with when you take refuge in the Buddha, the Buddha right inside of you, that that carries you through. And when you can get in touch with that, then you have a, an ongoing commitment to practice. This is from W.H. Murray, who wrote the Scottish Himalayan expedition on this quality of commitment that comes with this citta idipada. He says, until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness concerning all acts of initiative and creation. There's one elementary truth the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. And that is that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents, meetings, and material assistance, which no person could have dreamt would have come their way. I've learned a deep respect for one of Goethe's couplets. Whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. So these are these secret ingredients to practice, these four idipadas a natural enthusiasm, a determination and a, an effort that is, um, that is not deterred by obstacles. Yeah, James, I believe you're frozen. I'm unsure if you can, if you are still here. Oh, 
right, it looks like he may have dropped out. Um, so why don't we take a moment, everyone, if you would like, you can sit quietly or you can take a five minute break and I'll see if I can, if James reconnects, right?
Well, and I can't see, let's see, is gallery view, uh, switch to gallery view. Well, people got very quiet and uh, I couldn't understand why. <laughs> and then I realized as my wheel was spinning around and around, um, and all of a sudden I realized people hadn't moved in ages. So um, that's what happened. So now if you're here again, uh, thanks for still staying on. I'll go, I'll use this device. And um, if there's any questions or anything that you want to bring up about practice, Monique, you're going to have to help me out. You can, uh, you can hit the reactions box and uh, maybe Monique can, can bring you up. And otherwise, I, I had done a, um, a uh, dedication of merit. So let's see if there's anything that anybody wants to talk about, bring up. 